I'm going to call the meeting to order. The clerk will call the roll. Nelson. Here. Nelson here, O'Loughlin. O'Loughlin here, Pan. Pan absent, Pirtle. Pirtle absent, Richmond. Here. Richmond here, Rip. Here. Rip here, Rit. Here. Rit here, Rusk. Here. Rusk here, Saloff. Saloff absent, Shower. Here. Shower here, Schmidt. Here. Schmidt here, Solberg. Solberg absent, Stubbs. Here. Stubbs here, Veldrin. Veldrin absent, Wegleitner. Wegleitner here, Willett. Willett here, Zweifel. Zweifel here, Baird. Baird absent, Bollig. Bollig here, Chenoweth. Chenoweth here, Clausius. Clausius here, DeFelice. DeFelice here, Downing. Downing here, Die. Die here, Erickson. Erickson here, Farrell. Farrell. Farrell here, Gillis. Gillis here, Hendrick. Hendrick here, Jones. Here. Jones here, Kiefer. Here. Kiefer here, Kolar. Kolar absent. Krause. Here. Krause here, Levin. Here. Levin here, Matano. Matano absent. McCarville. Here. McCarville here, Miles. Miles absent. Cor Corrigan. Here. We have a quorum present this evening. Um, for our um, supervisors, Pan, Matano, Kolar, Saloff, and Baird had notified us that they would be absent this evening. For our prayer and inspirational message, we have Supervisor Nelson leading us this evening. Uh, thank you, Chair Corrigan. Uh, as a starting point, I'd like to go back to what I call a quiet moment of inspiration that took place uh, quite a few years ago. It's uh, a moment that uh, has continued to be uh, a very significant and I would say continuing to evolve uh, uh, impacts have impact on my life. Uh, first of all, though, I did want to provide my own definition of inspiration. You can call this from the Miriam Nelson Dictionary. And that is uh, something we experience that has a deep and lasting, that makes a deep and lasting impression that continues to inform how we view the world. Um, but uh, before we get to that, uh, I want, I need to warn you that uh, we're, uh, it's, we're going to a place where I think most of us aren't uh, dressed for it. So we need to take a little bit of a time travel to Buffalo, New York in January 1970, and uh, specifically the State University of New York in, at Buffalo. And you would find me uh, the first week of classes in a room with about 30 other uh, 19 and 20 year olds. And we're listening to Professor Vic Doigno as he's reviewing the syllabus for his course on Chaucer. And one of the things he tells us is that if you really want to understand and appreciate uh, the world of Chaucer and his pilgrims, you need to somehow step out of your 20th century mindset. And then he went on to challenge us and say, what you need to do is get inside the heads of Chaucer and his pilgrims and so that you can see their world as they saw it. And, and those words, see their world as they saw it, uh, really resonated with me. And I soon found out that uh, Professor Doigno's words, uh, they just weren't a literary device. They were actually, um, they had some very 
practical, everyday utility, and I learned that I could use them uh, across generations. I could use them across geographical boundaries and uh, across uh, the political spectrum. Uh, in other words, uh, very often uh, Professor Dorno's words came back to me, but in a more modern sense. Uh, let me give you an example uh, from the political standpoint. About 10 years ago, uh, the Wisconsin Library Association's Legislative Committee uh, was looking to reboot its advocacy program. And uh, in the process, we stumbled across an article entitled Creating a Common Agenda. And the gist of it was, you know, it wasn't really necessary to bring people to your side as if to have them embrace you. But instead, what you do is sort of a, a two-pronged approach. You'd have your agenda and goals on one side, and the agenda of, and goals of the group, that, the, group uh, the business, the legislative body that you wanted to work with on the other. And you would look at the two and find out where the points of alignment were. Uh, and we found that very successful in libraries. Our alignment, of course, was education, jobs, reading literacy, computer literacy. And it was a way, you know, the result of it, it made our members a lot, it raised their comfort level in dealing with legislators. And that had been the whole purpose of the exercise. Um, so that was, uh, again, uh, you know, I can sort of, and at that time I could hear uh, Professor Duenio uh, saying to me, that's right, Paul, you wanted to get out of your library mindset. Uh, another a recent example, or maybe a variation on a theme of this uh, common agenda, occurred, at least the, the one that I'm familiar with, occurred within the last month when a presidential candidate, Bernie Sanders, uh, visited uh, the campus of the Conservative Liberty University with the express purpose of reaching out to find common ground on poverty and income inequality. Uh, I have to admit I haven't followed up to see how that went exactly, but I would say kudos to anyone of any stripe who tries to find common ground because it's an area that's becoming very seriously depopulated. Um, to conclude, you know, I'd, I was thinking of something that might be a little bit more upbeat, but uh, I don't think it's going to be a downer. Uh, but I do have one other example of inspiration. And again, you need to go back to that, um, that personalized Miriam Nelson uh, definition that I provided you with. Uh, it's become my go-to uh, enduring example of what happens when uh, we uh, prefer the company of those who simply confirm what we know or what we think we know, rather than letting others in who might challenge our values and belief. Uh, but, uh, and so for the example, I probably have to apologize in advance. Once again, we're going back to Buffalo. This time it's uh, in November, though, uh, Wednesday, November 7th in 1972, to be exact. And uh, for those of you who know your political history, you probably understand, oh, yeah, that was the day after the presidential election, which, as I'm sure most of you know, was a very lopsided contest. And as a result, there was a bit of a pall over the uh, UB campus. And as I'm walking with a friend of mine to the student union after a class, 
the conversation, you know, not surprisingly, turned to the election results. And my friend uh, lets out a sigh and says, you know, I just can't believe Nixon won. Everybody I know voted for McGovern. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, one God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Supervisor Nelson. Next, we have special matters and announcements. Are there any announcements this evening? Seeing none, we will now open our public hearing on the proposed 2016 Dane County budget. And um, we have a number of people registered to speak. And what I'll do is I'll call names of, of a person who's going to be the person speaking and then an additional name so that that person can be ready to speak afterwards so that we are not um, spending time trying to get up to the podium while um, in between. So I'll call two names. The first one will be up first, and then the next one will speak next. Um, each individual will have a mo maximum of five minutes to speak, and we'll um, let you know when you have a minute left if, you're speak if, if you speak that long. So welcome this evening, and we look forward to hearing from everyone. First up, we have Sadat Abiri, who will be followed by Mark Letterer. Sadat? And you can, there are microphones on both sides, so. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for coming here today. Again, my name is Sadat Abiri. I'm a prescriber for Johnny Mental Health Center, and I'm here in support of Johnny Mental Health Center. I, I have worked with Johnny off and on <laughs> since 1997. I started out as a student. Uh, they were so good to me, so I went back and I worked for them. Uh, since then, went back to school, got my nurse practitioner degree, and then I came back and did my student work as uh, for uh, masters in public health. And at the department, I came in. I said I want to do my project of a public health issue on mental health, and they were all confused, like, what, how do you do that? So I illustrated with uh, the stigma and World Health Organization saying there's no help without mental health. Uh, at that time, I worked with a few of the consumers, and what I had them tell me a lot was, the staff that work with them, they don't stay because of pay. They need those, they need to be competitive so the staff will stay with them. And what was heartbroken for me is a lot of them said, uh, the only family they have is the staff, their case managers, their social workers, their prescribers. And when these prescribers are leaving, they go back to they don't have anybody. And what I, as I talk to the staff, what I hear is I have to pay my bills. And they all have a big heart. They want to work with this population. But if you cannot pay your bill, 
uh, and you don't have that extra income coming in, uh, it's a matter of will I be able to do this job or not. Uh, in my case, when I first started working with them as a registered nurse, I was, uh, I am still a single parent. I, I left. I loved the job. I loved what I did. I loved the population I worked with. But when it came to, with four children, I was not able to pay my bills. That was my deciding factor, and it was very heartbroken for me. So I'm coming here today to say, please, please, whatever you are able to do to make sure that this staff at Johnny will be able to get a little more in their pay will be very helpful because at the end is the client that suffers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next up is Mark Letterer, and you can speak from the side, followed by Sandy Nelson. Good evening. Uh, my name is Mark Letterer. I'm a member of the board of the ARC of Dane County, and I'm testifying this evening on the uh, human services budget that supports programs that serve people with developmental and intellectual disabilities. Uh, in the past, uh, representatives of the Arctic County have come before the board and asked you to address uh, problems with the budget, holes in the budget, cuts to the budget. This year is different. I am appearing before you, uh, pleasantly so, to let you know that there are not those holes, there are not those cuts. We are very supportive of this budget. Um, and so I start from that point in my testimony this evening. Uh, I have two items that I'd like to single out in this budget that are important to the membership of the Arcane County. The first is the school to, school to work transition programs. Uh, people with developmental and intellectual disabilities have many of the same aspirations and goals that we all have. Uh, they hope to gain skills and knowledge as they move through school uh, and then take those skills and that knowledge to a job and be productive and contributing members of the workforce and of, and of the larger society. Uh, the school-to-work transition programs in the Dane County budget are extremely important for our membership in order to achieve those goals. And so I ask you to take a particular look at that part of the budget. Um, it's very important to our organization and to our members. The second point I would make uh, is on the cost of living adjustment. Uh, this budget includes a half a percent increase in the COLA. Uh, it is the first increase, as I understand it, uh, in almost seven years. A couple of years ago, an audit by Baker Tilly indicated that there was an uneven set of adjustments in terms of uh, those providing services to our, our members and others with disabilities in Dane County. Um, and that has continued over the last couple of years. This COLA will help to address that. Um, and it's very important as we look to the future. Uh, if we would go back 15, 20 years ago, uh, most parents of children who had disabilities would assume that their children would not outlive them. That's not the case anymore. Times are changing. For a variety of reasons, people with disabilities are outliving 
their children, or their parents, excuse me, siblings are having to take responsibilities that parents had assumed, and support staff have had, will have to take additional responsibilities into the future. Uh, just as you heard earlier, uh, the need for a COLA that reflects the demands that will be placed on support staff who serve our members is extremely important. And I know there's a half a percent in this budget. If there's an opportunity to add to that, we would encourage you to do so. That's my testimony this evening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next up is Sandy Nelson, who will be followed by Paul Seaman. Good evening, everybody. My name is Sandy Nelson. I am a physically challenged person. Um, the reason why I came tonight is to talk about the budget a little bit. I want to say thank you all for doing a good job on it for next year. Thank you very much. And there's one other thing. I need a lot of help with my physical challenges I have. I have had a hip replacement and a shoulder replacement, but not at one time. The hip replacement was about 10 years ago. The shoulder was about five years ago. And I thank you all for doing your job right. Please help us. Help us at Options and Community Living. Help us with interim health care. Help every one of us do a good job for you, for voting for you within the next year. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Next up is Paul Seaman, followed by Lynn Butorek. Uh, good evening. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you. My name is Paul Seaman. I'm a member of MOSES. MOSES is an interfaith organization that unites congregations, organizations, and people of, of faith and goodwill to build a better community. We've provided uh, each supervisor with a copy of our annual report. Moses supported resolution number 556 and the 14 guiding principles. We supported the establishment of work groups and participated in them. With some clarification, conditions, and reprioritization, we agree with and support all of the 31 recommendations that have been put forward. We encourage the county board to act on these recommendations so that work can start now. This reform needs to be comprehensive. Moses seeks to promote an equitable and accountable justice system that will, one, stop sending people to jail who don't need to be there, and to end the racial and ethnic disparities that exist now. 
Two, to treat people in jail humanely and to use it without the use of solitary confinement and with timely release. Three, to keep people from needlessly returning to jail by providing needed reentry services and by ending crimeless revocations. And four, operate with data to provide transparency, accountability, and continuous evaluation. In addition, the number of people with mental illness in the U.S. jails has reached crisis levels. In counties across the nation, jails now have more people with mental illness than in their psychiatric hospitals. The American Psychiatric Association, the National Association of Counties, the Justice Center of the Center of State Governments and the Bureau of Justice Assistance have joined together to create the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national initiative to reduce the number of people with mental illness in jails. Stepping Up asks communities to come together to develop an action plan that can be used to achieve measurable impact in local justice systems of all sizes around the country. So far, 138 counties, including Dunn and Marathon in Wisconsin, have passed resolutions in support of stepping up that commit them to six action steps. We urge Dane County to pass such a resolution. We've prepared a draft resolution for your consideration. Several additional individuals from Moses will also be testifying tonight on, on other issues uh, related to these, the work groups and Resolution 556. Thank you. Thank you very much, Paul. Next up is Lynn Butorek, followed by Christine Witt. My name is Lynn Butork. I'm a member of Moses, and I support the recommendations from the county work groups. One thing that all three work groups agreed to was the need for data to illuminate whether or not there's a racial or ethnic bias in decisions made concerning persons when they are picked up by the police and as they are moved through the system. Data should be collected from the first contact through the triage process and whether they are booked to the jail or sent to an alternative program and which one. We should know who can pay bail and who cannot. We should know who gets a plea bargain and who does not. The data should be kept so that the public can access it to know how many and who are in what place at any one time. We should know how long people are incarcerated, who goes into solitary confinement and why, and how long they are there. We should know who gets mental health evaluation and treatment. We should know who gets revoked and why. To facilitate the interpretation of the data, there should be a person hired whose job it is to compile it. This person should, would be charged with looking at the data with an eye to revealing any racial or ethnic bias that may or may not exist. This position, we recommend, should be located within the county executive. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lynn. Next up is Christine Witt, who will be followed by Nino Rodriguez.
My name is Christine Witt. I'm the Executive Director of Advanced Employment. I'm also the Vice Chair of the Developmental Disabilities Coalition, and I'm speaking tonight on behalf of that coalition. We stand with other coalitions in respectfully asking the Board to increase the half percent COLA for POS agencies. As the Baker's, Baker Tilly study noted, quote, over time, failure to provide coal increases will result in reduced quality and service levels provided by POS services. There is no question that this has occurred in the DD system. So many costs of providing services are externally driven. Salaries to attract and retain qualified staff, health insurance costs, rent, utilities are all increasing annually. Will a half percent COLA make a difference to the POS community? Absolutely. But it is not enough to maintain the type, quality, and depth of services that our county residents need and expect. In 2002, the DD system received a 1% cost of living increase. In the 14 years since, we have had over 20% in reductions of funding to existing consumers. Yes, we understand that overall budgets go up, overall budget goes up. That, that's also due to the county's important, much appreciated commitment to serving adults with developmental disabilities as they exit the school system. And it's due to new individuals meeting crisis criteria who are prioritized for services, many of them eligible for full or high matching Medicaid funds. We also understand the economic conditions in the past have made it challenging for the county executive and the board to fully fund human services. Now that economic conditions have improved, it has allowed the county executive to include a half percent cost of living adjustment for all POS agencies in the human service system. You, the county board of supervisors, now have an opportunity to make a further and powerful difference. A difference for over 10,000 individuals and families who benefit from county-funded human services, and a difference for the thousands of amazing people who work for POS agencies. We respectfully urge you, the County Board, to add to the County Executive's half percent increase for POS agencies. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Christine. Next up is Nino Rodriguez, followed by Gabe Blood. Evening. Thank you. My name is Nino Rodriguez, and um, involved in a few different groups that have been working on uh, the jail issue. Uh, but here tonight, speaking on behalf of Moses, uh, and particularly in support of uh, one of the main recommendations that came out of the length of stay work group, which is that uh, efforts to increase uh, an investment in pretrial services needs to be one of the top priorities. Uh, and how this. Uh, kind of interconnects with uh, some of the uh, capital issues, like the capital budget spending issues, as well as the safety issues in the jail are, uh, we really do believe that um, an initial upfront investment in staff to identify people who could be safely released if services were in place in the community uh, could potentially reduce the numbers of people in jail uh, enough in the short term that possibly the, uh, the need for temporarily creating additional jail space so that renovations can occur 
that might be avoided. And we would like to see some kind of uh, investments, I guess you could say, in community safety rather than uh, only in jail safety. There should be both of those things going on. And an investment in some kind of pretrial services to get people out of the jail who are low risk, who really are only there because maybe they don't have uh, employment or they don't have uh, stable housing. If those things can be addressed, if people can be identified who are low risk, who can be out, we may be able to get numbers down quickly in the short term enough to avoid having to spend money on creating temporary jail space so that other renovations that need to happen can occur. So that's what I wanted to speak about uh, this evening, and I encourage you to think uh, creatively, particularly you know, public protection, judiciary, and personnel and finance about ways to make that happen during this budget cycle. Thank you. Thank you, Nina. Next up is Gabe Blood, followed by, and I can't read the first name, but the last name is Lynch. Um, uh, thank you for this opportunity to talk to you tonight. I'm also a member of MOSES. I've been participating on the uh, um, Alternatives to Incarceration Support Group. And in terms of uh, the recommendations that the uh, county work group put together, there's some emphasis on um, working in the community and community programs. But uh, one of the programs, Joining Forces for Families, was not specifically mentioned. And I'd like to talk about the importance of that contracted program that the county has. It's a wonderful way to prevent incarceration by working with families and children and neighborhoods at an early stage. And if they received additional funding, they would be able to increase their presence and outreach in more neighborhoods. Now, one of the um, programs that they would like to begin and which they're not funded for to do at this time, is to work with the children of incarcerated parents. And research tells us that about 70% of those children end up in incarceration at a later date in their life. So it's really um, work that would be uh, well-received in terms of um, helping youth in their future. Probably some of you have been reading about justified anger and their plans for the future. Well, in a recent article, they've also expressed their interest in working in neighborhoods and would like to begin in Meadowood. So I think it would be wonderful, you know, if the uh, county um, human services or however, at whatever level would invite justified anger in and to work together with joining forces for families that together there would be greater effectiveness. Um, so I guess I'd like to, again, uh, talk about uh, considering increasing the funding for joining forces for families. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is, I think it's Gary Lynch. Is there a Gary Lynch? Pardon? He went home. Okay. Then next up is John Becker, followed by Eric Howland. Thank you, Chair Corgan and Supervisors. Good to be with you. My name is John Becker. I'll open with just individual citizen comments. I wanted to send out a big thank you to the budgeting that's been done already on the um, health and human services side of the budget. I don't normally speak to that. 
But um, I've been, for some reason, maybe because I'm a consultant uh, who's self-employed, always aware of how tenuous my income is. And as I get older, my health. And I know we're all that proverbial one paycheck away from being homeless. So I want to thank you for your support in um, creating the new county resource center for homeless people and ask that you really give considerable weight to the request that will be coming before you soon to fund uh, operations, interim services next year before the building comes up. I'm, um, I'm so taken with this issue, I don't know why exactly, but I offered help, if I can be of help, for the steering group for that process. And I know that the neighbors who spoke out at the meeting at Messner really want you to be providing the resources so that process and the support for that building and the interim period is there so that problems don't start up from the get-go. So please take care for that request that's coming before you. And um, then moving on to my normal bailiwick conservation. You know, it's a huge budget you're dealing with, but think about it. As far as we can tell, this is back of the napkin, but 0.04% of this budget in 2012 went to natural resources conservation and the environment. It's a tiny amount of the budget. So every time we come in and ask you for something, please put it in that context. I'm going to save the hard one for last. There are three capital items that should be easy for you to modify just a bit on top of the excellent work that's been done so far. One of these is the Urban Outfalls Program. This is the heavily subscribed urban water quality program. It's got a waiting list often, but we did go to staff in 2012 and ask them, what could you do with your existing resources about these urban outfalls? And they said, we can fix these in 20 years with $2 million a year, pardon me, 10 years with $2 million a year. So we asked that that commitment be made by the county board. And so far, we haven't seen that. We keep writing to staff, trying to get a real fix on what's been done, but we don't think we're on track to be halfway there next year, which is where we should be. So we like to ask you to up that from the executive's budget of 1.4 to 2 million, which is what we would have to spend each of these 10 years. It is 20 million to get the entire project done. Why is that important? It's because our friends in the rural areas say, fix that problem, you urban people. We're not going to really talk to you about our farmland problems until you make a serious bent to fix the urban ones. So this is an inspirational thing for other municipalities. Second, um, please think about moving the conservation fund back to $2 million from the executive's request of $1.8. And that relates to the trail of uh, the Ahara between the, the park and uh, McFarland. We have a $1 billion plus budget or a sector for tourism now in this county, and the open areas that are close to the urban areas are what drives it. We are flyover country. We are cold country. The reason why people stay here or move here is because we have easy access to urban rural areas that are of high quality, and a trail with biking um, is one of those kinds of things. And then the land around it so that you get away from the city and de-stress is really important. So here's the hard one, um, and actually it's a tiny amount, but it's an operating budget, and I know you're swamped. You're going to be swamped with requests for millions and millions of dollars when you don't have that much to think about as far as playing around with now. And what I would like you to do is think. Seven years ago, the county asked environmentalists to start thinking about action on our energy future, on conservation, on efficiency. We went to work. We took plans out to the rural folks. I spent three years chairing a committee for the federally funded process, which the county helped Carpsey win a huge grant for. And we put together a program of work that will lead to the best county-level conservation plan for energy in the entire country. 
You funded us in 2013 to get the data done for that. It's coming. It should be here by the end of the year. Some of you ran on this or you ran on the environment. Now I'm asking you to, to conclude with the last dose we need, which is to get the strategic plan done. If we did all that other work for nothing, you know, think about how those who have participated in this will feel. And we just need 50,000. We can get the author of the best report so far in the county to do one that will be the best for the Dane County Plan. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Next up is Eric Howland, who will be followed by Brad Schlue. Um, I'm Eric Howland, uh, president of Moses, and I'd like to talk about the second recommendation of the mental health work group that was uh, set up under Resolution 556. Um, it, the first sentence is, the county should develop a culturally relevant, community-based crisis assessment and resource center focused on supporting individuals in the community and diverting individuals with mental health, substance abuse, or developmental disability issues from being booked and admitted to the jail. Now this facility will require both capital and ongoing support to uh, build and run, but I believe that this facility will not only save lives when it is up and running, but it will also save money by diverting people from the more expensive, less successful jail programs um, to more appropriate, less expensive community treatment. Um, Money for planning this facility and understanding how it will fit with other services needs to be incorporated in, in the, into the capital and general budgets now so that um, we can start the process of uh, deciding what we need to do and um, create the, um, uh, a, a viable plan. Uh, a few examples of things that should be uh, uh, evaluated is expanding the detox center to include crisis and resource functions would be one idea. Another is for evaluation, and this will be helpful in terms of the funding, uh, would be to evaluate the idea of using provisions in the Affordable Care Act to shift the funding from the existing, for both the existing detox center and this new proposed crisis resource center away from uh, county funding and toward funding by insurance and Medicaid. So thank you very much. Thank you, Eric. Next up is Brad, and I was told I may have mispronounced it, is it Slough? Uh, Slough. Okay, I hit it right then. Um, and I, just, I should say, followed by Mark Hoover. Okay. Um, my name is Brad Schlue. Um I'm the Director of Community Services at Journey Mental Health Center. Uh, I've worked for Journey for the past 22 years. I'm also a former chair of the Recovery Coalition, and I serve on the Executive Committee in the Recovery Coalition. Um, I'm speaking tonight to ask the County Board to appropriate additional money towards a cost of living increase for purchase of service agencies. Dane County has a well-deserved reputation for providing high-quality, person-centered human services for our citizens who are most in need. Uh, David LeCount is a, a professor of social work at UW-Madison. He's also the former adult mental health contract manager for Dane County Human Services, and he wrote a paper called The Madison Model. In this paper, David describes that Dane County has always elected to contract for services based on the cost savings that this represents and the availability of well-qualified existing private nonprofit agencies within Dane County. 
Um, last week, a manager that I supervise um, showed me a posting for a case manager position in the Jefferson County Community Support Program. The quoted salary for this position as a case manager is higher than what my master's level supervisor is currently paid. Jefferson County does not have a well-qualified existing community support program available to contract with. Therefore, county employees provide mandated community support program services. The job posting shows that at the high end of the bachelor's level social work um, classification, the salary to be $60,000 a year. The average salary for a journey mental health center case management case manager is $39,000 a year, and we employ many more master's level than bachelor's level um, case managers. That's a 35% difference in salary and demonstrates how Dane County is able to save taxpayer money by contracting for services. It's increasingly difficult for POS agencies to retain staff and nearly impossible for us to recruit staff who already hold licensure when year after year we haven't received uh, COLA increases. Now the good news is that the county executive has put in a 0.5 increase for this year for which we are grateful. We're, we're very pleased to see that in there. Also, but I would like to point out that last year's Baker Tilly study noted that um, over time failure to provide COLA increases will result in reduced quality and service levels provided by POS agencies. Purchase of Service Coalition leaders have been meeting for over the last year, and we know that there is no more room to stretch our dollars. We all feel that we are stretched too thin, and we are here tonight to ask for your help. We appreciate the solid budget that the county executive put together, and we appreciate his earmarking $512,000 in tax dollars with a $199,000 match to provide the 0.5% increase to POS agencies. The county board, you all, can provide a huge lift to the POS agency by adding to that COLA. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Next up is Mark Hoover, followed by Brenda Conkle. Good evening. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to comment on the county's budget. Um, I'm Mark Hoover. I'm board chairman of the Hoover Family Foundation and an organizational member of MOSES. There are four key implementation actions that would result in reducing the jail population by 50% or more if implemented in 2016. I'd like to just go over those. First of all, correctional holds. Dane County's jail population includes a large number of correctional holds that result from technical violations and not as a result of committing new crimes. This portion of the jail population is rising. This is in part due to increased time individuals are in hold status before a DOC hearing is held to determine the action to be taken, which might include dropping the original action. It is difficult to determine the number, but it appears to exceed 300 or more uh, than a third of the total jail population. The state DOC is uh, in a crisis regarding running out of beds in the state prison system. I know them, many of the key players well, and they're telling me they're approaching the need to build another prison. I think uh, the state is supposed to fully reimburse the county, but does not, and is uh, actually supposed to actually reimburse them $40 a day, which costs you more than two and a half times that, but it doesn't even do that. However, according to the sheriff, 
the state does not honor or, as I mentioned, to pay that amount. The results in county taxpayers, per his calculation, which I just talked to him after the PPNJ meeting, um, the county is actually spending in excess of 11 million a county tax levy, or over 100 million in the next 10 years. Milwaukee County, some years back, was faced with making major investments in a jail and notified the state that they would no longer take DOC holds, um, and did not. So the state created a 100% state-funded facility to serve that function. I would encourage the county to consider this action, as it would create $100 million of current county tax levy, or more, and you can confirm that with the sheriff, uh, that you could invest in the work group recommendations. Um, and it's a little odd for the county to be subsidizing the state anyway, since they aren't terribly helpful or friendly to, you, uh, to that degree. It is further recommended that you implement what people have already talked about, diverting the mentally ill and substance abuse population uh, to community treatment so you can have continuity of care. On the issue of bail, it is interesting to me that all misdemeanors, the fines are pre-established. No court is involved, no judge. It is based upon the original arrest um, uh, action uh, by the police when they are law enforcement officer when they put people in the jail. So what it means is if you can pay uh, bail, you are not in jail, period. And it's interesting that it's at that point that the jail becomes a lot more having people who are black or brown because they are poor. Many communities now do not take that action. For example, Camden that the president recently visited as part of uh, criminal justice reform. What did they do? Well, when they arrest someone, a law enforcement officer for a misdemeanor, they basically give them three choices. First, they can pay cash bail on the spot. Second, one minute. Uh, they can, in fact, um, uh, go to jail. Or third, uh, they can sign a surety bond on the spot on the computer of the police. Um, I would suggest that would reduce uh, a significant amount of the jail population if we followed the same and the officer can give them the notice of when they should report for their uh, initial appearance hearing. Um, and the money freed up, and I'll stop there, I'll hand this to um, uh, the chair, uh, is that it could then reinvest that money in community faith-based organizations who would in fact mentor those people and help them be sure that they show up for uh, the uh, initial appearance hearings at the court. And as a matter of fact, the foundation is working to fund a faith-based program like this in Dane County now with one of the faith-based uh, churches. Uh, so I'll give you this. Uh, it has a couple other ideas, but it's implemented. You can uh, reduce the jail population now by over 50% this coming year. Thank, Thank you. you, Mark. Next up is Brenda Conkle, followed by Corinda Rainey-Moore. So my name is Brenda Conkle, and I'd rather stand here and talk to you about the 17% of that jail population that is homeless and how they're there because of the 300 warrants the city of Madison has issued in the last three years. But I can't do that tonight. I have to be the executive director of the Tenant Resource Center, which I have been for the last 20 years. And I am here because um, for 17 years we had gotten funding from the county 
um, multiple occasions. The funding has threatened to be cut. Um, we had never gone out to RFP until this last session. Um, we went to RFP and seems as though we had a misunderstanding about what the services are that we provide and um, and what we've been doing for the last 17 years and what was in the RFP. I don't know if it was intentional to change the RFP or if it was, you know, somehow we did something wrong, but our RFP got combined with another agency's. We applied for our portion of the money. They applied for their money and our money. And so we ended up losing that because our application wasn't as complete as the other application. And so we lost $90,000. Um, that is a huge problem for our agency because it's a full one-third of our budget. Um, a lot of agencies are funded, you know, kind of one-third, one-third, one-third by City, County, United Way. We're not a United Way agency. We're not funded by them. We are funded by the City of Madison. Um, and it makes sense because 50% of the population of Madison is renters. Um, but the problem we have with that is that only $34,000 um, goes towards actual tenant housing counseling to help renters. Um, and so when the county takes away its portion of the money, it impacts not only everybody outside the city of Madison that we won't be able to help, but it also impacts the folks within the city of Madison because we have exactly one staff person to provide housing counseling for over 4,000 people. And that math doesn't add up, I'm sure you can, can tell. So I am here to ask you to consider adding to the budget $50,000 for renter services. Um, we have been providing those for 17 years. We have been providing that information to the county for 17 years. It's in our reports. We've been serving 6,000 people a year. Um, but I don't believe that those services are what will be being provided by the new provider. A lot of people think, well, the money goes to a new agency and they will just provide those services. But housing counseling for renters is a very different thing than case management. Housing counseling for renters is a very different thing than helping homeless people find housing. Housing counseling for renters is very different than just helping people find housing. This is, I didn't get my security deposit back. My landlord won't do the repairs. They're entering my apartment and they haven't given me notice. I don't know how to break my lease. What does this five-day notice mean? Did they do it properly? Those are all completely different questions than case management and helping homeless people. What we do is, is unique, it's different, and that service will be being lost, and it will be being lost for everybody outside the city of Madison, along with our mediation services that we currently provide at the small claims court. So you might want to talk to um, the court commissioners about how that's going to add to their workload. Um, but it also means that even within the city of Madison, the services will be reduced because you are our partner in those services, and they will no longer be, be provided. Um, I am extremely concerned that when renters call, what will happen to them is they will call our agency because everybody tells them to call the Tenant Resource Center. We were 701 phone calls behind on Friday, um, which means people sometimes wait up to a whole week before they get a return phone call from us because that's how slammed we are because of all of this, the changes to the laws at the state level um, and because of just the increased needs for renters. And then we will refer them to CAC while they will wait for a week to get a call back. And essentially, they're not going to get renter services. By the time they get through that system, they're not going to be the priority. The housing case management and the other things that you're funding are going to be that priority. So I am 
telling you now, this is our problem. Um, I am extremely concerned about renters. 50% of the population of Madison and 38% of the population of the county won't have a resource to call and they will have to go out and hire attorneys to find out what they can do when the landlord enters their apartment. And by the way, 10% of the people we help are landlords as well. We help a lot of small landlords who um, have no place else to turn and can't afford to belong to the apartment association. So um, then one last thing I just want to make sure I mention is that for that $90,000 that you've been paying, we've actually been spending $120,000 to $140,000 every year. Um, we have, because of the COLA increases and because of the way nonprofits have been funded, we just haven't been getting any increases. And so we've put our own money into that program. So CAC, I believe, is going to have to put a lot of their money in as well. Thank you, Brenda. Next up is Corinda Rainey-Moore, who will be followed by Scott Strong. Good evening. My name is Corinda Rainey-Moore, and I'm a former employee of Journey Mental Health Center. I'm on the board of NAMI Dane County, in addition to all the other stuff that I do in the community. However, I'm here as a member of the community. And what I'm here about is I'm here in support of the, the budget. However, I think that there should be some stipulations on, on the funding. I hear a lot of um, POS agencies here asking for funding, and that's fine. But what I'm here to ask about also is that the county board supervisors hold these POS agencies accountable for the hiring and promotion of people of color throughout the agencies. The Race to Equity Report came out in 2011, which addressed the disparities for African Americans. There will soon be a Race to Equity Report that will be released regarding Hispanics. Um, and so, what I, so part of the disparities has to do with who gets hired and who gets promoted within these agencies. It is not enough to say that we can't find people of color to fill these jobs. We all know that it has to be a priority, and that priority starts at the top. Um, we heard the school district say that years ago. We can't find people of color to fill these positions. However, when Jen Cheatham came into office and she made it a priority, now you walk into the schools. Who are you seeing running the schools? People of color. Um, we heard the same thing, the YWCA. The YWCA now has people of color throughout the whole aspects of the agencies, and they're actually being promoted at top levels, not on the bottom, as always. So it is not enough to say that we can't find people to fill these jobs. We all know that the best way to find jobs is through building relationships, and the other one is through accountability. Accountability has to start at the top. For me, that means it starts with you. You need to be a part of decreasing the disparities. You need to make sure that people of color within these agencies receiving our dollars have racial equi economic equity within these agencies. If I ask you today, what is the data on people of color who are hired within these agencies and even promoted, do you even know? I, if you don't know, you should. It is your responsibility to make sure the people of color have equal access to jobs and promotions. The buck stops with you. I am watching you, and I want you to know this community is watching you. And I actually did um, 
am in the process of, 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 of having a petition go around. I forward you the signatures um, that I already have. And so far, I have 30 signatures on that list. So I want you to know that that is not going to stop. It's going to continue until you hold these POS agencies accountable. This community is watching. I'm watching. And we want to make sure that people of color have equal equity. Thank you, Corinda. Next up is Scott Strong. And he'll be followed by Tanya Lutman Shu. Good evening. I'm Scott Strong, um, Director of Community Partnerships in Madison and representing the Children, Youth, and Family Consortium um, and also the Purchase Service Community here in Dane County. Um, as you've heard from other um, folks testifying, I also am asking for a cost of living adjustment to the purchase of service contracts. We really do appreciate uh, what has been put into the uh, executive precis budget, and we are looking for, to you to help and add to that. Um, you've heard the data uh, of why this is important and what we haven't gotten over the many years. Um, and it was really interesting to hear what Brad Schlu had presented with regard to the Jefferson County um, salaries compared to what we pay here in um, Dane County to our, to our nonprofit um, staff. Clearly, they don't do this job for the money. Uh, but at some point, the money does become a factor when they have to pay their bills. Um, and there are many things as a director of an agency that keep me up at night, but one of the things that um, is really troubling to me is losing good staff. And we tend to lose good staff to um, higher paying jobs that are at the state, the county, the city, and the school districts. Um, these are very good people that are well-trained and are going to do some great work in their new jobs. Um, we can't afford to continue to replace them, unfortunately. Um, and one quick uh, example of why this keeps me up at night is last Tuesday um, in the afternoon, um, one of my staff came in with a very long face, um, and I, she sat down and I said, this is not going to be good news. I was concerned that we were losing another good staff. Um, that's happened way too often. Um, they don't leave because they want to leave our agency. They leave because they have other jobs. Um, fortunately, it wasn't a staff leaving. It was another issue that was going on, which was much more manageable. Um, but those are the kinds of things that really um, impact the, the staff at, at organizations that are trying to keep good people um, in good jobs, and we're doing what we can to pay them good salaries. And if you can um, find it within the budget to add a little bit more to the um, um, county execs, 0.5% increase, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Next up is Tanya Lefman Shu. I am here in support of the COLA as well. I work for a purchase of service agency, but I'm not here solely in support of that purchase of service agency. I'm in support of every purchase of service agency, whether it be community partnerships or family services or Journey Mental Health or ARC Center for Women and Children. They all do good work, and whether it be family-based services or adult mental health or adult addiction services, each point of service agency continues to be asked to do more and more to see consumers, more consumers, who have access to less and less community resources and present with higher level of need than ever before. I continue to see valued coworkers leave and go to private agencies or go to, um, again, private agencies um, manage healthcare organizations because they don't have living wages. 
And that's, it saddens me and it saddens the consumers that we work with on a regular basis. I know that I have put my whole heart into this career and the consumers that we work with know that we do that as well. We don't begrudge our county um, partners, they're 3%. I ask, though, that you recognize that those our county partners would not be able to do their jobs and provide the quality level of service without the purchase of service agency network that they have available to them. And so I beg you to consider to add an additional percentage onto the cost of living for all of your valuable, valuable purchase of service agencies that provide the really quality work. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. Next up is Steph Stringer, who will be followed by Renee Sutke. Hello. So I am here um, today physically to add a visual um, to the numbers of people who will be affected by the choices you make. And I choose to speak today as an effort to add my voice to the ringing in your ears. And I'm present and in front of you as a person who works in the field of human services. I am also a guardian of two wonderful men uh, who receive services uh, that are provided by POS agencies. And I hope that uh, as, you, as many people filter in and out, I hope you see everybody's faces and take a clear look. And I think you know uh, we're all here uh, looking at what is needed to keep the doors open, to keep supporting and providing quality services to those who need it. Now we, of course, are your constituents. And we elect you in hopes that you will be serving our community and the best interest of our community. So I'm going to borrow a page out of Donald Trump's playbook. I'm going to speak without a filter. I do register in support of the proposed budget increase. But a half of a percent COLA is not enough, and I believe you know that. In this, political, in this political climate today in Madison, in Dane County, in Wisconsin, and across the country, it is polarized like it's never been in many years. And I believe it's your job to do everything to preserve an already under-budgeted system that is relentlessly under attack. So uh, when future generations you know, look back on how the state and local government has treated people, and I say that with a smile because I'm now in my mid-40s and I should be using my readers, um, but when future generations look back on how state and local government has treated people with disabilities, their loved ones, and the workforce who supports them, you know, what will your impact be? And I hope you do not come down on the wrong side of history. Thank you. Thank you, Steph. <clears throat> Next up is Renee Sutke. And Renee is the last registration I have. I have some that I'm going to read into the record that are not wishing to speak. But if you had wished to speak and I haven't called your name, please fill out a form and hand it to the clerk. 
Uh, I'm Renee Chemke. I am a supervisor at Jerry Law Health Center and again represent all of the POS agencies uh, again with Journey. Um, but one, just want to talk a little bit about some of the work that our staff do. You know, our staff work incredibly hard long hours on Friday night till 7 o'clock um, with people with serious and persistent mental illness, um, people who have the highest need and are at the biggest risk for institutionalization. Um, those long hard hours keep these consumers in the community um, and not in the hospital, not using police to take them to Winnebago in the middle of the night, those kind of things. Um, providing this COLA will allow us to recognize our staff in ways that are monetary, which we haven't been able to do. Um, the, but the best thing that I can do for our staff who, you know, work till at 7 o'clock on Friday night is um, buy them a cup of coffee on Monday morning, and that money's coming out of my pocket, too. Um, so, and to uh, really reinforce the, the idea of retention, we've got to be able to keep these staff. We, we work hard to train them. We put our time, money, effort, and everything into these staff to, for them to turn around and leave because they are offered great jobs elsewhere. Um, and then we, we start over again. And that not only hurts our pocketbook for insurance and time, um, but it hurts the consumers too. And they're our number one. So. Thanks so much. Thank you, Renee. Is there anyone else who would wishes to speak? I'm going to read the um, slips that I, the registrations that I have. Oh, there is. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Thank you. This is um, Linda Prize. Thank you. Um, good evening, everyone. My name is Linda Prize, and I'm here tonight representing NAMI Dane County. Um, I have been the vice president of the board, and I've also been the chair of the advocacy committee and continue to participate as a uh, dedicated um, community partner. Um, first of all, I would like to say that NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, the largest grassroots mental health organization dedicated to improving the lives of persons with serious mental illness as well as their families. The proposed county budget includes a number of new programs and funding increases for existing ones. NAMI Dane supports the budget items that reflect mental health programs and the staff that support those programs. We support the county's partnership with the Madison Metropolitan School District, creating two new school-based mental health teams to work with the district's K-8 students aimed at curbing behavioral issues and addressing students' mental health needs. We support the 82,000 to create around-the-clock mobile crisis response team to help officers de-escalate situations involving people suffering from mental health illness. We support coordination of the mobile crisis response team and Journey Mental Health. We support the, the funds needed to introduce a mental health broker position, serving a bridge between the crisis team and available resources. We support the funds needed to build on the Dane County Sheriff's Office grant to recreate a re-entry team to help inmates released from jail address any mental health substance abuse or quality of life issues. We support the agreement to purchase the um, old Messner building on East Washington for a day shelter um, along with the funds for renovations and the $100,000 to operate it. We support a wage increase for county employees, um, the hourly pay raise of 87 cents per hour um, instead of a set across the board percentage increase. We also support the addition of 14 new employees throughout county government and an inflationary increase for county nonprofit partners. And you've heard a lot about uh, the, the needs uh, for doing this, so I, I won't go into um, more information about that. I, I do want to say on a personal note, though, um, you know, I, I grew up really oblivious to mental health. I grew up in an environment that was uh, very supportive and stable. Um, my friends and family 
really didn't have mental health challenges. Um, as an adult, I have become profoundly and acutely aware of how um, mental health uh, challenges can become a profound detriment to a person's livelihood, to their attachment to the community, to their um, uh, success, uh, loss of job, loss of house, home, family, etc. I've seen families lose their children to suicide. I've seen friends lose other family members to suicide or incarceration. Um, I've seen profound mental illness and what it does, and it's all devastating. This is not just about bad behavior, as I might have guessed when I was younger. These are health issues, and I think your budget does a great job in making a more comprehensive approach to some of the needs that are out there. Is it an end? Have we reached that milestone? No, there's obviously a lot more that needs to be done, but you are doing a great job getting closer, and I applaud and thank you for the work that you're doing. Dane County is dedicated and committed to making a difference, and together I believe that we all are making a difference. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate being able to be here tonight. Thank, thank you, you, Linda. Okay, I'm going to read into the record those who have um, registered, um, just wanting to register in support or opposition. Julie Davis, registering in support. Another, here, maybe Hannah Davis, um, registering in support. Phil Wave, registering in support. James Heinen, Jr., registering in support. Peg Olson, Registering in support of the COLA and um, the increase in the COLA. Jennifer Streeter, um, please increase the COLA. Jeff Streeter, in, um, registering in support of increasing the COLA. Mildred Patrick Shoup, registering in support of increasing the COLA. Michael Shump, registering in support of increasing of increasing the COLA. Andrea Shea, registering in support of the 2016 budget. Sarah Cutler, in support of the 2016 budget. Gina Shea, registering in support of the 2016 budget. Madeline Gunther, registering in opposition. Emma Zarapada, in support um, of the COLA and increased funding. Lynn Brady, registering in support of the increase in the COLA for human services agencies. <clears throat> Rachel Hahn, registering in support of the COLA. Mark Babley, registering in support of the COLA. Heidi Broderson, registering in support of increasing the COLA. Aaron Broderson, registering in support of increasing the COLA. James Aber, fund, registering in support of funding for human services. John Cantor, registering in support of funding for human services. Aaron Benherd, um, registering in support of funding for human services. Abduli Dramath, registering in support of funding for human services. Lauren Thomas, registering in support of the 2016 budget. Sharon Schmid, registering in support of the 2016 budget. Julie Nichols-Jones, registering in support of the COLA for POS agencies. Edeong Ukanian, registering in support. Pat Murphy, registering in support um, of a budget increase. 
Tanya Letman-Shu registering in support of the COLA. Judith Parker registering in support of the COLA increase. Catherine Ringby registering in support of the COLA increase. Abby Vassen registering in support of the 2016 budget. Daniel Drechschmid registering in support. Don't cut funding for support of people with disabilities. Rosanna Fisher registering in support. Thank you for not cutting support for individuals with disability. Matt Allison registering in support of funding for human services. Ben Nebsty registering in support of funding for human services. Brian Mulholland, registering in support of not cutting support for individuals with developmental disabilities. Um, Aaron Sandow, registering in support, um, in, registering in support of the COLA. Kyle Fight, registering in support of the increased funding for human services. <clears throat> Barb Priam, registering in support of funding for human services. Adam Seidschlag, registering in support of funding for in human services. Amy Anderson, registering in support of increased funding for human services. Kevin Kiesling, registering in support. Nell Donahue, registering in support of the cost of living increase for Human Services Agency. David Guerrero, registering in support. Matt Yonke, registering in support. Wendy Hecht, Registering in support of the COLA increase. Kim Turner, registering in support of the COLA for POS, asking for additional funds. Paul Yoakum, registering in support um, and increase the COLA. John Leemkuhl, um, registering in support, representing ARC of Dane County. Susan Webb, registering in support. Lori Frisch, registering in support of funding for human services. Sarah Bez Bezuridi, registering in support of funding for human services. Fred Swanson, registering in support. Linda Prize, registering um, in support. Brian Doring, registering in support of human services. Kathy Nisley, registering in support of the 0.5% increase in the DD budget. Amy Melton White, registering in support um, of additional funding for human services. Tim Redd-Dredalet, registering in support of increasing the cost of living increase for POS agencies. Mary Coleman, supporting, registering in support of the increase for funding for human services. Kathleen Coleman, registering in support of the increased funding for human services. Charles Coleman, registering in support of the increased funding for human services. Charlie Larson, registering in support of the increased funding for human services. Eric Schechter, registering in support. Um, of, uh, he's a social worker, um, wants his, the value of his work recognized. Brenda Arnett, registering in support of the budget and in increase from the COLA for POS agencies. Cole Ware, registering in support and in, of an increase for COLA for POS agencies. Ariel Schaefer, registering in support of funding for human services. William Smanda, um, registering in support of increasing the COLA. David Delap, registering in support um, of the 0.5% COLA um, 
and, in, and also an increase of that COLA. William Greer registering in support um, of the POS cost of living increase representing journey mental health. Um, Mike Schoenwetter um, registering in support um, and of investments in human services and Jason Shrubby registering in support of increases for human services. Just want to make sure I've got all of them. I do. And that is all the registrations. Was, did anyone else have a registration or wish to speak this evening? Seeing no, no one, um, our public hearing is concluded. Um, we're now on to such other business as the county is authorized to conduct by law. Is anyone seeking? Pardon? <laughs> Moving us along. <laughs> um, on item E, adjournment, we have a motion to adjourn. Is there a second? Second. Moved move by Supervisor De Felice, seconded by Supervisor Shower. All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and we are adjourned. <laughs>